another episode of The Sheriff. Guys, this is a very, very, very special episode. Number 17, we are blessed with our first ever female guest. I'm going to bring her in right away. It is the Patrice Whiffen. How are you, Patrice? I am so good. Thank you for that very warm introduction. I'm, I'm so honored to be your first female on the podcast. I'm sure you'll have many others uh, after, but uh, but yeah, very pumped to be here, guys. Well, thank you very much. Kyle, how are you feeling tonight, my friend? I'm back, everybody. I missed a couple shows, but I'm back. <laughs> I'm good. Good to have you back. <laughs> yes. And for our listeners that aren't too sure what that means, Kyle, unfortunately, has missed our last two episodes. I have missed him dearly. And we are fired up and ready to go for number 17 with Patrice. Now, Patrice, in my intro, I, I called you, okay, our first female guest. That is like maybe a tenth of 1% of how I really want to introduce you. Because <laughs> I don't think I've ever met anyone that has so many productive things and fun and exciting stuff going on. And we're going to try to get into... Most of it, I don't even know if we're going to have enough time because you're a busy, busy woman. You are very, very skilled. And I just want to talk about all the incredible things that you have going on in your career. Before we get into that, though, Patrice, yeah, I want the listeners to know because me and Kyle, we share a trait that is pretty special. And that is that we both have sisters. Okay. We have sisters. We're big family guys. And for me, my sister is three years older than me, actually two and a half. And I looked up to her my entire life. She was a big sports figure. She was smart in school. She was everything that you can look for in an older sibling. And to be honest with you, she really helped my mom raise me. Wow. And so for me, when I see female leaders, Patrice, I get really fired up because that's what I grew up seeing was strong female leaders. And when I had the opportunity to ask you to be a guest on my show, that is what first came to my mind. Strong female leader. Wow. Can you, can, oh, yes. Oh, yes. That is now, a, quite a statement. Sorry, please I'm go ahead. I'm honored that you think that. Thank you so much. And it's great that you were raised by two strong, incredible women. I think uh, the world needs more of those people. Yes, of course they do. Of course they do. We they would be they nothing. really, really do. We would be nothing without our strong women. That's fair. <laughs> Good now, that you Patrick, recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course we're going to recognize stuff like that. So now I, I'm actually blessed. Where I am right now, Patrice, is I'm actually at my mother's house. Now uh -huh. I live about 20 minutes from my mom. But okay. the setup that I, at the house where I grew up in, in Scarborough, it, it's incredible. Like I have a lot of space. I got a nice setup here and it also gives me a nice excuse to see mommy. You know what I mean? So, so, so I, I'm blessed with that. And, you know, so before I, before I got into specifics, Patrice, like there's a lot of things that you are involved with right now. Okay. So I'm just going to. I'm just going to name off the stuff. And I know because of COVID that things are, some things are put on hold. Some things are, you know, like, you know, are, are postponed and stuff like that. But we got Fanshawe College. We got Warner Music Canada. We got Complete Country. We got Boots and Hearts. 
We got the Hamilton Bulldogs. We got Primetime Sports and Entertainment, the Alumni CFL. We have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. So now these are eight big, big, big things. Okay. <laughs> so now my question to you is at what age oh. did you really realize that you wanted to go into this direction? Uh, I would have been in grade 10 and I would have been, I guess, 15. I think you're 15 in grade 10. I, uh, yeah, it's funny. Like you grow up, um, and I mean, I, I'm sure some of the questions will be about my, my upbringing, but, uh, you grow up, you have interests. Um, I loved music, grew up in a musical household as far as like, um, just listen to tons of different music. Uh, my mom's side of the family is very musical. And uh, then I also grew up in a sports household. So two things kind of ingrained in my blood uh, that I always was very interested in. And I would say that although my parents always said like dream big, dare to be different, that kind of thing, I never, that that didn't really click that that could actually, I could make those two things a career um, until I was about 15. And for me, uh, it's actually, it's it's funny, and maybe I'm, I'm going off topic a little bit, but um, in grade 10, you take civics and careers in Ontario schools anyway, and uh, the final project for your careers class is to basically create this project outlining like what your dream career would be, and I built out this dream career of working uh, in the events industry within the sports and entertainment landscape, and it's very cool and like very humbling to kind of look back and see that you know when I was 15 that's that's going back quite a while now uh I thought that it would be so cool to do all of these things that I'm doing now you know over 15 years later um so yeah just very cool to kind of see it come full circle and uh and yeah it was it was when I was 15 that I was like I I want to make this a thing and let's go for it Okay, so am I hearing that this has been envisioned? I and 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 I'm I'm probably gonna say the word wrong, but there's been manifestation. How do I say that word, Patrice? Man manifestation. Yes, since you were 15 <laughs> years old, right? Yeah. That's that's an interest. That's interesting to me. That's yeah. very interesting to me because we we had an, we had a. We had a guest on our show named Ryan Phillips, and mm -hmm. this guy was is no has is so knowledgeable in that area, and he was explaining to us how real that could be, how the human mind, if you believe in something, Patrice, enough, it's gonna happen if you're willing to work hard enough to get there, right? Oh, absolutely, no, for sure, I I agree. Um, my. My dad's expression growing up was always think big, dream hard, dare to be different. And um, I don't know if he created that expression. And if he ever listens to this, he'll probably tell me if he got that from someone or if that was just him. But um, but it's true. Like if you believe that you can do it, you know, it, it can happen. And um, I will say like it's definitely not been a, a clear cut path by any means. Um, it's definitely been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of, you know, forks in the road that you weren't expecting and just um, not a, a very uh, logical path as far as like 
not not very structured. Like you kind of have to bob and weave and take opportunities when they come and look for other opportunities and have a lot of doors closed, but then have a bunch of doors open too and, and kind of be open to that as well. Um, but it definitely can can happen. And so I'm I feel very privileged to uh, be able to do the work that I do. And I mean, there's still lots of goals that I want to crush uh, in my career. Um, I feel like I'm still pretty green, but um, but I feel very fortunate to have been able to work with the different clients that I've been able to work with thus far. And I can honestly say that I, I enjoy the work that I do every day. And I, I, I know that not everyone can say that, but I definitely can and I believe it. So that makes it all the much more rewarding for sure. Man, that gets me all fired up. <laughs> now, there was one thing that, like, and, and obviously, Patrice, like, like you're a very interesting, you're a very interesting girl. But like, I knew that I was having you on the show, and you know, obviously, I have to do my research, right? And like, you have, you have a famous saying too, my my girl. You have a famous saying, not just your father, Trevor Whiffen. Now, let's not let's not beat around the bush here and just be dropping my dad, my dad. Your father, Trevor Whiffen, he is quite the, the figure in sports. And and I had the opportunity to play for this man when I played it for the Mississauga Ice Dogs in the OHL. He was my general manager. So you have some extremely strong family ties to sports. But I just find it interesting how you've really taken off with the whole marketing with the sports. And I really want to get into that. But yeah. back to this saying that Patrice Whiffen has. If you love what you do enough, you will never work a day in your life. And I know that that's an important statement to you. Is that true? Oh, totally. Absolutely. I, I can safely say, I mean, some days definitely feel more like work than others. Um, but at the same time, if you enjoy it, like there, it's funny, like I have some clients where I have said, like, I'm glad you're paying me, but I would do this for free. Like, I, I love this so much. I'm, I'm inspired by it. I enjoy it. Um, it kind of, you know, gets um, my creativity going or it just, it's something that I would, you know, in, and I, I, jokingly say this but uh, you know I've joked saying to my clients before like I would pay you to allow me to do this but they instead you know pay me to do it which is really cool so it's um yeah I would say that definitely is a, a quote that I would live by if you if you love what you do and you enjoy it then you don't work a day in your life that's it and like I think that the endorphins are flying when you're really doing the things that you're passionate about right oh absolutely Fantastic. So now, Patrice, I, okay, so now I have a connection just like you, just like your father to mm -hmm. London, Ontario. Okay. Now for me, a really important part of my time, and I told you that, you know, my sister and my mother, Catherine McMorrow and Sheila McMorrow had such a big part of my life and my upbringing. I had the opportunity to get traded to the London Knights when I was 18 years old. My sister was going to the University of Western Ontario in London, yeah. okay, right? So yeah. now you got 18-year-old you got Sean, 21-year-old Catherine in London together at the same time. What that did for me was it boosted my confidence, it made me more happy, I played better with my hockey because I was around the people that I love. Now, I know with COVID and everything, like, like, I don't, like, 
What's the situation with Fanshawe? Like, I, I know you're you were offered a, like a part time professor position, right? So, yeah. is that ongoing now, or with the COVID, is it kind of t- on a temporary hold? Yeah, no. So I'm actually teaching virtually. So I mean, I, oh, I see wow. my students, yeah, I see my students um, once uh, once a week. Like each class is once a week, um, and it's all digitally. So we use Zoom or uh, something called Bongo, and uh, it's. It's nice to connect and see their faces when uh, we can, but yeah, we're not in the classroom just for safety reasons at the at the moment. But um, but it's actually working out pretty well. The on like students have adapted very well, I think, to the online learning structure. And I mean, they're a bit older too, uh, being in college, so it's been uh, it's been nice. Man, I Kyle, what if we were able to sit in on this class, man? <laughs> I, I would take the class. I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. There hasn't been a class that I've been in in my entire life that I haven't been able to fall asleep in. And on the computer, I think I might be able to make that happen as well. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Well, both of you are welcome to join any class that I have if you'd like to sit in. No way. Are you being serious, Patrice? Yeah, I'm being serious. Yeah. You want to join and listen to a lecture and take it all in? By all means. So this is – okay, but hold on. So okay. sports, entertainment, and event marketing. Yeah. That okay, so just just me hearing that, I get excited. What <laughs> what are you guys talking about, man? I I want to know what you're talking about. What's oh, happening yeah. in there? Oh my goodness! So just just like things. in general, yeah, no, I don't know. Of course, um, I mean the the main focus is the the marketing component of both of those main industries. Um, so we talk about anything from sponsorship to public relations, to event management, to uh, the changes within the sporting landscape. We talk about international sport and how that landscape has you know, significantly changed uh, over the years, partic- particularly with the introduction of you know, a lot of technologies. There's, there's not just this kind of local community of sport fans going to watch their local team you know everything is broadcast online or streamed online um we talk about the the media evolution of how people consume uh their sports and how you know sports and entertainment are really two unique uh facets of how someone engages with a product i mean when you think about it like who like i mean you may be a big fan of diet coke but are you buying a Diet Coke t-shirt? Are you becoming a you know seasoned ticket holder of Diet Coke? Are you putting Diet Coke posters on your wall? Like maybe you are, probably not though. There's this <laughs> this this inherent yeah. um, sort of just uh, emotional level connection that we have to our sports teams and to our favorite musicians and actors and and that kind of thing. So um, the course is really designed to to kind of explore that and also um, teach best best practices to those who actually want to go on uh, and pursue sport or entertainment or event marketing as a career. And not everyone in my class wants to do that. And, and you know, we talk about uh, different career paths as well. But um, but some some take it because that's what they want to do. And others take it because they think it's just interesting to learn. But we cover a lot of ground in, in a I guess it's a 14 week course, 15 week course. So, yeah. Wow. I guess so, now's a good good time to say that I probably would not fall asleep in this class. Thank it you. Sounds actually pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're Patrice, welcome to talk it out if you want, Kyle. <laughs> now, Patrice, so so really to me, it seems like anybody that's in any level of sports would benefit from this class. Like, I mean, 
I think people would enjoy it. I'm, I'm sure, you know, people who are, have, our veterans and the various industries may already know a lot of what we're talking about, but they, they might, you know, when we focus on some hot topics or, or evolving trends, yeah, they, they might learn something too. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, catered to finding, you know, real world examples as much as possible. And I, I mean, I pull a lot of examples from, um, you know, what's happening in the world today. So, I mean, this past semester, uh, we talked obviously a lot about COVID and how COVID affected, the sport and entertainment landscape. Obviously, as things progress, as we move out of this time period, we'll be able to focus a little bit more on, you know, how um, companies or teams are bouncing back from having this effectively year, year and a half um, away from their their main fan base and how they are adapting to catering to the online engagement of their fan base as well which some teams have done better than others, some artists have done better than others, but it's been cool to kind of deep dive into uh, best practices and, and how um, how to keep that going at a time where, you know, you can't buy a ticket and go sit in a stadium. So, yeah, at yeah. least not in Canada, <laughs> maybe in the States. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's... Sort of. Kind of? Well, I mean, yeah, you guys... It's like limited capacity, but we're allowed in. Yeah, but Kyle, trust me, and, and Patrice can back me up here. You have no idea what it's like here, my friend. Like, we're on a lockdown, my friend. What, what yeah. you guys are going through now, which is what? The second time, right? The, this, they call it the third wave. Yeah. Uh, is it the, the third, third wave in Canada? Third wave in Canada. Buddy, we've had so many lockdowns, we don't even remember how many we've I know. had. But <laughs> what the yeah. point I was trying to make is there's zero fans at Air Canada Center, right? right. Yeah. Right, you yeah. guys, NBA, like the Kentucky Derby, Patrice, had 55,000 people. Was that yesterday or the day before? That was Sunday, like, I, right? I couldn't Sunday, believe it. Right? Sunday, yeah. 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 Very, very different uh, in, in Canada at the moment. But yeah. I'm hoping that things will be open soon. I miss live and, events and, and fans and all of that sort of stuff. You guys can come down here. Pretty, no, we can't. No, we can't. We're not allowed to. If the borders are closed, don't tease us wait, like this. Wait, time out. What what sense does that make? The borders are closed for you guys to come here, but I can fly to Canada tomorrow. How? Well, maybe you're not supposed to. I feel like you'd have to quarantine and stuff. Yeah, there's there's rules around it, and it's confusing. But we're are we are gonna get past this though. Yeah. We're, we're, everyone's we're all getting past this this is a test of humanity we're getting <laughs> past it and that's it end the discussion <laughs> i wish i wish i wish it could be that easy but but we will get past it but what reminded me also though guys is that when we just mentioned the word sunday when when this episode comes out right it's going to be a couple days past mother's day patrice when we okay. release this so I just want to say on the show, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers out there from the Sheriff Podcast. Love right, that. Kyle? <laughs> happy Mother's <Yeah>. Day. <laughs> happy belated Mother's Day. That's right. That's right. But so, all right. So I, I, I just can't get over that class, though, Patrice. Like, you know, I saw the title. I wish but, like, I we're this enthused. I feel like they're they're enthused, but like your enthusiasm is on a, a new level, Sean. I, I like it. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah I need well, a guest okay, speaker. awesome. I'll take that. 
Well, I didn't even hear you, Kyle. What did you say? I said if she ever needs a guest speaker, Sean's in. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love, I would love to be a guest speaker in Patrice Swiffin's class. That that'd be incredible. So now, now, this is okay. So now for me, Patrice, like because yeah. I was an OHL guy, right? Yeah. Like, like I just thought, okay. Well, first of all, let's even go before this. Now, there's something that I want to address on this show. Okay, right. there's something that I want to address. I want to tell the listeners that before me and Patrice do have connections. We do, we do have, you know, connections with family members and that, that go, that go back. Like with her father was my general manager when I was in junior. And, but before I even knew that Patrice Whiffen had anything to do with primetime sports and entertainment, (laughs) I, I saw this company. I saw that it was a sports marketing company. That's what I'm all about. I find that I'm a walking promotion. I, that's how I feel. I'm proud of it. And it's just my personality. So I was really interested in working for, for one of Patrice's companies where, where you're the director of marketing events and media for primetime, right, Patrice? Yeah. 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 So I wanted to apply for them, but it was right around like, I think it was around like March of last year Mm. where COVID really started hitting hard in Canada. So the company wasn't hiring, but for me, I was so focused on this company. And I know, I don't know if Patrice knows what I'm going to say that I pretty much was like a stalker. What I would do is if they, if they posted something, I would repost it and I would tag them and I would almost do it every day. And it was almost to the point where I was thinking, man, whoever runs their social media probably thinks that I'm absolutely crazy. But really what it is, is I was just so interested in working for that company, Patrice. Mm-hmm. For me, like I ended up doing marketing for Costco after like th- the primetime wasn't an option. And yeah. then obviously now I'm doing something different. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just following your story. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so like I don't know if if you had heard that, if you had spoken to the to the social media person, if they're like, man, who is this Sheriff Sean McMorrow guy? Just he, this guy won't stop. Like, like I, I, you know, I was just curious. Like, did you yeah. ever? You no, did. They definitely passed that along. I think that they asked if I knew who you were, and I was like, oh, of course. Like, I, I definitely do. I, I remembered the name from when you were in junior. Obviously, uh, you're a bit older than me, so we didn't cross paths. I'm uh, a lot older than you, Patrice. Okay. Well, I was trying. I was trying to. You're trying to make me feel better. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, But, uh, but no, I remember like you had, you played with Brian McGratton. Like I I remember like it was Jason Spezza. Yeah. 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 So I totally knew the name. um, But uh, so our, our our social media um, associate did pass that along and I appreciate your continued support in, uh, in sharing the messages for primetime. I know this past year has been a, a bit of a weird one for us because we yeah. missed our 13th annual. It's interesting that it would have been our 13th annual primetime sport management conference and trade show in Toronto. Um, I know just from a superstition standpoint, 13 is usually unlucky, but uh, and it was for us for sure. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, thank you so much for the kind words about the company. It's definitely um, been a, a labor of love for both Brian Burke and uh, Trevor within um, in sort of building that from the, the ground up since 2000, I guess, seven or 2008. Um, I guess 2008 was the first conference. So 
preparations would have begun in uh, 2007. So yeah, it's been uh, really cool to see that company continue to grow and be a resource for Canadians and and people from uh, other countries as well. We've had, you know, some people fly over from Asia and Europe and um, obviously lots of people come up from the States as well. But um, it's been cool to have something in Canada that is um, a chance for either up-and-comers in the sports industry to have access to um, the leaders in the sports industry and the idea is to learn from and network with those leaders. Uh, but also it's become kind of a place for the leaders to get together every year and share their best practices. And a lot of them enjoy the networking component too, in terms of catching up with, you know, old friends or industry peers and stuff like that. So it's it's been cool to see this grow for sure. Yeah. And like you said it, but I was just about to bring up his name, Brian Burke. Yeah. Okay. So so Brian Burke, so so was it Brian Burke and your father that started it? Yeah, they co-founded okay. it together in 2007, and their first event was 2008. Okay, so because Brian Burke <laughs> sure has a lot of good things to say about you, Patrice, right? <laughs> like, I've, I've read so many, because I, I read a bunch of articles. I, I, I do my research, right? I, I like and, Good. Man, Brian Burke, man, I, there's so many quotes of him referring to you. Like, like it, it's incredible. And, like, that must be, like, to me, a guy like Brian Burke, like, that's one of the biggest names in hockey, right? Like, yeah. he's a huge name, knows so much about so much. Oh, knows so much smart. about so much. Very <laughs> smart. A, a very, very smart man. Uh, and just honestly, just a joy to work for. I know he has a bit of a rough around the edges sort of persona on uh, on TV and in person. I mean, anyone who knows him knows he's uh, he definitely tells it like it is. And I, and I, but I like that about him. And he's been uh, great to work with. And um, I've really enjoyed building that professional relationship uh, with him in the conference. Um, he and and again, Trevor, my dad. Um, built that from the ground up and and I mean they they do it as a labor of love. It's not a money maker for them. They don't they don't do it to pad their their paychecks each year. Uh they literally don't take any money out of this business. It's just to give back to um the the company and to provide opportunities to students, young professionals and those within the the industry in Canada uh to learn from the the cream of the crop in the sport business. So it's um it's been really cool to see that grow and it's been great to work alongside uh, my dad of course and then also um, work alongside Brian. Brian again is a scary smart person and um and I say that in like the nicest way. He uh, he brings a very interesting perspective uh, to the table and and knows a ton of people and and knows a lot about the sports industry and always has a, a very interesting opinion on uh, on things. So I've definitely learned a lot working alongside both of them. Wow, and, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So now there's two, there's two things that that I want to ask you know coming off that. Okay. Now, now now the first thing is Brian Burke. Now I heard you say that that little joke there. Now I want I want you to be honest. Does he put on a little bit of an act to be a meaner guy? Does he do that? Does he do? Does he practice the frown? I don't know if he practices. This. I feel what like you think? I feel like he's always been very nice to me. I've never like I, I know he, again people 
people know him know he's got a, a kind of rough around the edges tell it like it is attitude and that's why we love him but i uh, love it but i i will say because i've been asked this before you know like is he awful to work with or is he mean or you know whatever he's honestly a wonderful guy like a very genuinely nice guy uh very professional um again has a lot of great ideas and is always very respectful to me um and it's been again a great um learning opportunity to work with him but um but yeah as far as your your question i i feel like he's he's very authentic and just genuinely him but he does have a softer side too and i mean he's very involved in a lot of charitable organizations as well and and really does care about people and giving back and and doing good work um you know he's he's worked very hard to get to where he is within the sport business i think he just uh celebrated i think 30 30 years in like upper management within uh hockey and if i miss it may have been more than that but i'm pretty sure it was 30 years and um Long time. Has, yeah and he i mean he's accomplished so many incredible things in his career um but he also he takes the time to give back he he meets with students he talks to students he he is constantly trying to uh, give back to those who are kind of the future of the sports industry. Um, in addition to, of course, his charitable organizations like You Can Play. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but he uh, he founded that with his son um, as in memory of his late son who passed away, who was a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so yeah, Brian's very involved in, uh, and that that's probably just the tip of the iceberg, but that's something that um, us at Primetime were very involved with that uh, with You Can Play. So. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a, a longer answer than I'm sure you were expecting. No, I no, I, I love it. There is no long answers here. We're all, we're all just, we're, we're, the, the listeners are like, no, no, just let her keep talking. It's, <laughs> it, it's amazing, Patrice. Trust me, it, there's never a long answer. Um, so the other thing I wanted to say was, I mean, the reason why I asked that was pretty yeah. much because, I mean, like for players, especially like the tougher players and like the tough guys of the team, like you know, sometimes. You know, we have to come off like we're we're mean guys and stuff, but really, really the tough guys and the and the you know the rougher players are usually the nicer guys on the team, right? So like it's like I, I assumed that it was the same thing with Berkey, right? I assumed it was exact same thing, and and that was the reason why I asked, right? Yeah, so absolutely. so there's that, but I mean, as far as you know, what you were saying about 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 your father Trevor Whiffen and, and Brian Burke giving back, I mean, I think that. Not only are, are they giving back, but man, they must they must release so many endorphins seeing all this stuff come together. I mean, they're established sports guys. For them to see other people starting to figure it out because of things that they've organized and people that they've brought together and just the improvement that they're seeing with, with certain people's roles. And I mean, that's got to be inspiring enough. Not only like even if it was even if it was limited or on a much lesser scale than it is, I mean they're seeing a lot of good things happen, and that's really what it's all about, right, Patrice? Oh, absolutely. They love seeing, uh, they love seeing everything come together, and knowing that they're providing essentially they're providing opportunities that were not available to them back in the day when they first began their careers, right? Um, things are constantly changing the landscape is constantly changing how do you remain competitive how do you get opportunities how do you meet people um you know they the the old expression is it's not what you know it's who you know and i don't believe that's necessarily the case um because you you need to know your stuff right you can't um you can't 
just rely on who you know. But at the same time, um, it is important to have a network of people within the the sport world in particular uh, in order to, you know, find out about opportunities because it is a very, uh, I don't want to say cutthroat because that sounds awful, but uh, it's a very competitive industry. And um, anytime that you can get kind of a leg up on your competition, then, you know, that's how, that's how you move forward. So um, this conference has provided a, a place for a lot of young professionals to, uh, again, gain opportunities that wouldn't otherwise be available. Yes. Now, this conference, is, was, it, was it always, it was, is it held at the Westin? West yeah, it's been at the Westin every year except for one. Okay. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's always in Toronto. Um, we typically run the event over the course of two days. So Monday is uh, typically an on-field, on-ice type day. And when I say that, I don't mean that we physically go on-field or on-ice, but we have professionals uh, who are more on the team operations side of the sport industry. Uh, whereas our second day, which is typically a Tuesday, um, focuses more on the business side of sports. So we go into partnerships and media and um, selling tickets and the marketing side and the event side and, and sort of the, the business operations of a sport organization. Um, so it's, it's a pretty cool event. Uh, I wish, to be honest, I wish I could sit in and listen to everything that's being said. I never get to. Can you imagine? Um, I, I feel like it's, uh, because it's always such a busy day, you know, you're, you're running around making sure everything runs smoothly, but, um, the, the bits and pieces of it that I do get to see after the fact, cause we record the, the content, um, is it's very inspiring. It is very, interesting and it's very innovative in a lot of ways and so um yeah it's it's great to see it all come together and we're keeping our fingers crossed that uh, the 14th annual will take place in uh, november of 2021 okay so 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 that's that's what we're aiming for is november that's what that's we're smart for. i think that's smart we yeah we typically run in november it, it's typically the the second weekend uh in november and and we typically do like a welcome reception on the sunday evening case competition for students and then uh the conference on the monday tuesday um and we are hoping with covid that uh, we'll be able to run from the 14th to the 16th of november that's sort of uh we, I don't think we've publicly announced that, although it's not necessarily. Wow, so this is this is exclusive <laughs> stuff we're getting here, Patrice. Well, I, think, I think we're just waiting for, uh, for COVID <laughs> to kind of be through this uh, this third wave, as we talked about, uh, before making any kind of formal announcements. But that that's sort of where it's earmarked for. So we're hoping to get back in action because we definitely we missed it in 2020. Um, you know, we we definitely enjoy um doing this event and so we're hoping that it happens right on well i'm hoping that it happens i think the world's hoping that it happens right because it's definitely something that that is an exciting thing that brings people together it inspires people it, people learn like there's nothing that but good that comes from it patrice so i uh, so like all the energy we're sending for it to happen it's gonna happen it's gonna yeah. happen exactly. so now patrice this yeah. is the next thing I want to ask you. I want to ask you, are you, are you working with the Leafs right now? So right now, no. Like, well, okay. like we're, um, 
because I'm an employee, like technically I'm still an employee, still on payroll, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I guess, uh, it's basically um, a leave of absence kind of like because because they're only um, uh, allowing a certain number of individuals in the arena um, to actually implement e- even when they were they were doing everything last season with um, uh, the different hub cities. Yeah, we our entire game operations team was not able to be there, um, and there there wouldn't necessarily be a reason for us all to be there. A lot of what we do is fan engagement, um, special opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, um, things with intermission entertainment, um, different again fan engagement pieces. So things uh, out in the crowd, different contests on a whistle break, that kind of thing. So with the fans technically not being there at all well not even technically they're not there at all um we didn't really have a reason for many of us to be in the arena uh so some of the individuals from my department the game operations department are uh still working just to kind of keep things going that need to be kept going but i have not been in Scotiabank arena in i guess over a year now which is wild because this would have been or is technically uh, my 10th season with them so I'm yeah. looking forward to getting back to the arena to actually celebrate being with them in the double digits. Patrice, that that's amazing. So <laughs> congratulations for being with them so long. And Thank you know what you just made me realize? Did I call it Air Canada Center about 10 minutes ago? You did. I, I was going to correct you, then I'm like, nah, we'll just let it slide. It's okay. It's bad for me. And you're like, he's no, gonna, no, not going to let him know. You're not, no, that's you're not cool. the only person who does that. I mean, in, in fairness, I mean, I, I always call, call it ACC. I, I still call Rogers Center the Sky Dome sometimes, which yeah. I, I shouldn't, yeah. though. Like, in being in sport marketing, um, you know, people pay big money to have the naming rights of facilities. And um, I know that uh, Shannon Hosford and um, Dave Hopkinson and uh, John DeWig and uh, Lisa Ferkel with Scotiabank um, and I guess Jackie Ryan with Scotiabank, they're like, they all negotiated this massive naming rights deal that I want to say yeah. was the biggest naming rights deal that had happened thus far in the sport world. Um, really? At least in Canada. I want to say it was the biggest ever, um, like ever, ever. But I, I, I definitely know for sure in Canada. And I will, I want to like Google this. But um, but yeah, so because there's so much um, at stake when they, when they do these massive deals and there's so much work that goes into them, I try to, out of respect for the people involved, uh remember the names of the buildings but it is hard so that's why i didn't correct you because there's lots of people out there but still yes of course now now we will get our producers to to work on that and then (laughs) and then and then they'll probably just get our attention once they get that answer right kyle this this is the thing that's funny to me is um like for me i'm in philly i'm a flyers fan Mm -hmm. and the stadium name since i was a kid has changed five times four oh, wow. or five times it's changed it was first union then it was uh i don't i can't even remember wachovia now it's wells fargo yeah. and then like it changes constantly i wonder if in like the deal it's like listen the first year it we're, we're not gonna pay as much to have the naming rights because they're still gonna call it whatever it was yeah. a year ago <laughs> i wonder i wonder if that i i honestly i don't no, and I, I kind of want to say I'm I doubt it, 
but I'm I'm not sure. Like I I uh, I'm curious. I'm now I'm I'm now trying to Google because I want to figure out um, if it's the biggest ever or if it's just the biggest naming rights deal of Canada. I'm so I'm, gonna I'm, I'm, I'm curious too, but like regardless, it was a big time deal. It was massive. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally massive. And uh, and again, like it, incredible, um, absolutely incredible deal. And really, um, I think, again, sort of revolutionized the way that, that that's done within the sport world. So definitely lots of lots of opportunities there. And so, yeah, but don't don't kick yourself for calling it. ACC. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, <laughs> and I appreciate that. So now, Patrice, before yeah. I get in, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying. Before yeah. I get into the music stuff, because I know okay. music, right? I want to talk to you about some music, but before I get into the music stuff, there's a few things that that I wanted to ask you about being being a female. Like mm-hmm. when you when you first got into some of these positions like for example with the hamilton bulldogs now the position that you have in the front office what would you say the ratio is male to female like in in the hamilton bulldogs front office uh i guess when we you didn't have to write it you didn't have to sign anything saying you wouldn't talk about the front office no 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 uh no it's all good um when I, like, I mean, technically no, like only a handful of people are still in the office, um, because of COVID that's definitely changed the pre-COVID there were four women and the rest were men. Okay. So So now, I mean, the, the, I think like the front office, I would say is like 80% men. Yes. Um, hockey ops side, all men. I don't think there's any women uh, that I can think of that worked on the hockey ops side of things. Um, but I will say um, the Hamilton Bulldogs are one of the only organizations within the Ontario Hockey League that has um, the senior director of operations is a female, Peggy Chapman. Um, so that's that's great. Um, obviously, I was there. Uh, Caitlin Belitho, um runs their ticket and um season ticket holder i guess um packages and stuff and then uh, there was also um oh i guess hold on i'm missing <laughs> i'm missing one person there were five women i'm so sorry there's donna as well and uh this is so and nice patrices <laughs> she gets really upset if she can't remember one person's name she just mentioned about 40 people <laughs> i just I would hate to to ever uh, have have it get back to them that I forgot because they're they're all very special people and I I really enjoy uh, working with them for sure. And I mean I, I spent you know four seasons with them prior to COVID, uh, kind of yeah. putting the kibosh on our season last year. But um, but yeah. So as far as the the male to female ratio, I will say it's changing drastically though. Like I mean I've been in the industry now for. Uh, 13 years, I guess, give or, give or take. Uh, when I started part time in uh, the London Knights store, and that would have been uh, 17 years ago now, 16 so, years ago. Was so, that the new Labatt Center or the old Ice House? That would have been John Labatt Center. That would have okay. been 
2005 is when I started. Oh, 2005. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Labatt Center. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes, 2005. yes. So, but now it's called Bud Gardens or Budweiser Gardens. So there's been a new change. Not JLC anymore. Okay. So now where, where I wanted to go with that is. Yeah, sorry. There, no, 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 no. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. The listeners are loving it. <laughs> Kyle's loving it. Kyle, are you loving it? Kyle, are I'm you loving it? Lo- I'm absolutely loving goes. it. Patrice, Patrice is just on a learning curve right now. This is just how Sean runs his shows. Often, t- oftentimes, he makes it kind of seem like he's he's not where he wanted to be, even though he's exactly where he wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So now, okay. so now, Patrice, so now, like, I know the opportunities that women have in sports and i'm not talking about playing i'm talking about everything that we're talking about now yeah i know that because i have an older sister i've seen i've seen women go into these positions i know how effective they are most of the time they're so much better than the guys in these jobs now how we're we're a show on the sheriff podcast we're, we're a lot about awareness we love to create awareness, Patrice, because me and Kyle believe that awareness is the most important thing. From awareness comes action and comes movements, okay? Yeah. How, how can we get more women working for professional, not, not necessarily professional, even at the major junior level, at professional level? There's so many opportunities for women to be working in these positions. So, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, like I like I, I I want them to know that there is, and you being a female leader like you are, tell these girls what's available for them with these teams. There's twenty. Te- How many teams are in the OHL now? I think there's still just twenty. Is it just twenty still? I was gonna say there's twenty teams, but I'm like <laughs> I don't even know if there's twenty. twenty I, think I think you're right uh, at that point. I think there's okay twenty. Teams. Yeah. But these positions, Patrice, that could be filled by by women, by yeah. young women, old women, any women, there's opportunities out there, right? There definitely are. and I, But I, I don't, to be honest, and, and not to get too political, because I, I definitely don't need to go there, but I wouldn't say that women aren't applying. I think... Uh, I think there are lots okay. of capable women who are applying. Um, I think they know that there's opportunities out there and lots of women are going for it, but whether or not they're being given the opportunity is, is I think the question. Um, okay. I think, and, and not, I'm, I'm not by any means calling any organization out because I think that the ones that I've worked with, they definitely embrace women and, and that's fantastic. Um, but there are organizations that, that don't embrace women uh, or that think, you know, maybe that old school mentality that women don't, know anything about sport or that women are, you know, just puck bunnies or whatever. Um, I would say that there are lots of very capable women who want opportunities, who will do the work um, and bring a new perspective to an organization and they just need to be given the chance. And and to be honest, a lot of times uh, that is on the the c-suite uh the the upper executives to you know welcome women's opinions and uh look to the women that are in their organization currently uh for ways to make things better ways to um embrace uh 
different viewpoints, but also, uh, yeah, hi- hiring them, giving them a chance to to do what they they can. And I think a lot of organizations are, and that's fantastic. But in other organizations, it's still an old boys club. And um, while that may have worked in the past, I think the world is changing, and organizations need to embrace that change and embrace, you know, not only just women, but you know, people of color, they need to embrace um, people with different viewpoints and different backgrounds and upbringings and and sort of embrace this diversity. I know the CFL has done a really great job of embracing diversity um, within uh, within all, all kind of walks of life. Um, the NHL has partnered with uh, with You Can Play and embracing the the um, Hockey is for Everyone campaign. I think that's been a very effective um campaign in terms of creating awareness for the LGBTQ plus community um, and and sort of creating a safe place and an inclusive environment within sport. So I, I know that there are lots of people making change and, and that's fantastic, but I think that change really does need to start at the top and every organization uh, needs to really look at, you know, who's in their C-suite and who um, who's the decision maker and how can they get you know, some, some differing opinions that, uh, so that it's not just, you know, older white men, which is traditionally what has been the case in a lot of, particularly, I think the hockey world. And again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not calling anyone out. I'm not being negative, but that's been, you know, the, the trend in a lot of sports organizations. And I think, uh, the ones, the organizations that are, are embracing that change, those are the ones that are really successful and they will continue to be successful. So my my question to you is obviously you're you're not the only lady um doing what you're doing but in in a sense in a sense you are a pioneer in what you are doing well, as far you. as as far as you're getting and as hard as you're pushing and as much as you're getting accomplished like it is truly remarkable and I I, I admire I do really admire it thank you um, at any point in your career Mm. was there like a a moment where you were just like oh it you're treating me like this because I'm a female 100% yeah I think it's again I don't want to turn this into like a political thing but I think that um being a woman has made things perhaps more challenging at times. Maybe maybe it's helped at times too, but it's definitely made things more challenging at times. I think um, people question your motives more. Um, if you are, you know, a woman um, and someone who, you know, cares about her appearance, they, they automatically think, oh, well, what's her ulterior motive? Like, why does she want to work for our team? Um, and so you kind of have to prove yourself that much more that, you know, I deserve to sit at this table. I deserve to be here. I've got some great ideas and I work really, really hard. And, um, I will say that, yeah, I've definitely dealt with, you know, stuff you see in the movies that, that is just ridiculous and and immature and unprofessional. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I found, you know, situations that, you hear about and then it happens and you're just like, does that just happen? Like people, I, I have a pretty big personality. I have a pretty uh, strong opinion and I, I definitely don't cower to, um, you know, people of authority. Um, I'm obviously respectful and professional, but at the same time, I, you know, I have a voice and I have an opinion and I, 
Also, um, I have a team that I protect, you know, people work with me um, and I will voice that opinion. And I think sometimes, even though my opinion has been voiced in a professional way, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm deemed a bitch or I'm deemed, you know, hard to work with or, um, oh, she's too type A or whatever the case may be. Uh, whereas if I was a male, I know that I would just be one of the boys and that would be like, oh, he's like, he's the boss. Whereas, you know, she's bossy kind of thing. And, and that's, um, again, something that, that you hear, you see in TV shows, you, you see in the movies, um, people talk about it and, and it kind of, until it happens to you and you're like, oh, like that's what's happening here. Like you, if, if I was my male counterpart, this would not be an issue. But because I'm a female, you're now questioning my credibility and my uh, work ethic and my decision-making skills. Um, and that's, that's a frustrating thing. And that does require women to push that much harder to stay in the industry and to keep things going. Um, but at the same time, as much as there's been, you know, that side of things, I've also met some incredibly um, inspiring mentors, both male and female, who have been uh, incredible in terms of, you know, helping to um, embrace my voice and embrace me as an individual within their organization. And um, so I think that, that again, like there is change that's happening and it just needs to continue to happen. And um, I've said this to my students and and I guess I'll, I'll say it to you guys now because we're kind of talking about it, but um, I think- We're your two newest students, Patrice. What do you mean? <laughs> no. Talking to all your students. Let's go. Uh, Let's hear it, teacher. There you go. Um, but I think one of the main ways that change will happen in the sporting industry is if people continue to uh, hire women, listen to women, and um, kind of stand up for women too. And I've said this to people that I've worked with before, you know, when you're dealing with maybe someone in upper management or something, if you, if you're a male and you're seeing your female counterpart um, having challenges that you know you wouldn't have, speak up for them, stand up for them. Hey, like, that's not how you, how you speak to her or, Hey, I thought her idea was great too. Um, because the more that that happens, the more that men speak up in support of other women, I think that's when other men pay attention. And as, as unfortunate as that is, um, that it has to take that level of support to, to kind of get there. Um, it, it makes our efforts, that much stronger when we can stand there with our male counterparts and um and have them support us and embrace us and um show that you know they agree with us or they if if they don't agree with us they respect at least what we're saying absolutely now, absolutely now patrice for, for you in in that position now i, I i've I had the privilege of talking to you for the last 50 minutes <laughs> And I feel like in that position for you, it just motivates the heck out of you. Oh, absolutely. I am very, uh, I mean, I, I hate the word feminist because I think people connote like that I don't shave my legs or, you know, <laughs> wear a bra or something. Um, we're getting real here, Sean and Kyle, but, um, but that's not the case. That's not the case at all. When I say that I'm a feminist, like I just believe that there are so many incredible capable women and there are a lot of incredible capable men too. But I think that women have to push that much harder or work that much harder 
just to get, you know, the inch, whereas our, our male counterparts often get that mile for less effort or less um, work. And so, um, yeah, I definitely am motivated to help other women. I mean, my my company that I run a lot of my business through is just Patrice Weapon Marketing and Events. And I have two women who work with me, uh, Taylor and Kayla, who are fantastic. And I, I love uh, being able to work alongside them and see these women, you know, they're, they're a, a lot younger than me and they're still kind of at the beginning of their careers, but it's been inspiring to see them sort of progress. And anytime that I can be a resource for other women within the sport or entertainment landscape, I would, I'd love to do that. Um, just because I know what it's like to have that support, but I also know what it's like to not have that support, uh, as well and, and have, um, you know, challenges thrown at you. It, it definitely, um, hasn't been a walk in the park, but it's been challenging. And every time, you know, you get, you face a challenge, it's that much more rewarding when you overcome it. So any, any time that I can kind of do that for other women as well. Um, I think we are much stronger when we all support each other. And, and I mean, males and females, not just women against men, because that's not the mentality that I have. I have that we should all, all work together for sure. Of course. And Patrice, what a perfect example of that is yourself with your father and Brian. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like that's, that's, you know what I mean? Like, like that's the team, women, men, yeah. everybody, that's the team. Now there was a few things, Patrice, that I really, really liked what you guys were saying. Kyle, I really liked your last couple points. Now, for me, Patrice, really what it comes down to is setting example. When yeah. you said, when someone sees something that's not right and a male counterpart is discrediting a female counterpart because of that reason and it's not right, it is up to me to set an example to step up and say something. It's up to me to set an example to say what's right, to do what's right, okay? Absolutely. You are setting an example for all women to know that someone can be, can do everything that a man can do. Because, Patrice, you do more things than any man that I know. You know what I'm saying? And, and you do more things that I want to do than any man that I know. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's the beautiful thing. Thank You're you. setting that example. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I know we're an audio podcast. I wish we were a video podcast so I could show everybody all the companies that you work with. And that is the best example that I can see. Right. And so that that's the message that I'm hoping is sent through a lot of this is women knowing that they can do anything they want to do For when sure. it really comes down to it. And if you're really doing what you want to do, then your your saying comes in, in into into play that you're never really working when you're doing those things. And if I believe that if women are given the opportunity that men are given, man oh man, will the sport will the sports world be so much better? It will just be so good. You know what I mean? And 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 I just can't wait for that day to happen. But Patrice, it takes people like yourself to get there. And I know it's a big responsibility, but you're doing it and you're embracing it. And I appreciate it because I grew up seeing it and it makes me smile when I see it being done. 
right? And right. and that's really the main reason why me and Kyle really wanted you on our show because you're the prime example of that happening, right? And for us to make everybody aware that, man, like, like I'll tell you, Patrice, I was surprised when I saw all the stuff that you were involved with. Hmm. And I know a lot about you, right? So for the listeners out there, man, like there's, there, there is so much that can be done. And Patrice is a prime example of that. And Patrice, you've embraced it. Now, let's get into some music. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Let's get into some music. First, tell me this passion that started with music. Who's who's the music person? Your mom? My mom's side of the family is very musically talented. Uh, my my, whereas my dad is like a music like guru. Like he knows tons really? of songs. He'll hear like a phrase and automatically like start singing a song that has that phrase. Like it's it's wild. Like his, I don't even know what it is. Like his call. Um, uh, I, don't I don't think you should have told me that. He's so like he's so well versed in so many different um, artists and genres, and so I feel like between my mom and my dad, like there's a lot of music there. And I grew up in a very musical household. Now I, I don't play an instrument. Um, I I never uh, was talented enough as far as like singing went to do anything with it. But I knew that I had a passion for. Uh, for music. Um, my my genre is country music. I love country music. Growing up yeah. in um, in sports arenas, I mean, you, you mentioned in junior, like, country music was the thing that was playing while oh, yeah. we're, uh, we're warming up or, or whatever um, the case may be. So, um, yeah, music has always been, I think, a part of um, my blood, but also uh, a part of my, my childhood, my upbringing. You know, they're any anything from Eric Clapton to um I don't know Garth Brooks to Wow Eric Clapton eh <laughs> okay okay to uh you know to REM like I remember there's videos of me like jamming out to REM with my dad when I'm like two or something so I mean it's uh it's just always can Trevor a- sing can Trevor sing can your dad sing to be honest he can he definitely he can. can yeah can he freestyle too he is very. Or is he good. more like a like a Coldplay type of guy? Uh, I wouldn't say he's a Coldplay type of guy. I'd say he's more <laughs> of a, like a rock sort of maybe country rock vibe. Not, okay. not too much. Not not as poppy uh, as Coldplay. Although I think they're very talented. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Both both my parents uh, can sing. I would say. Uh, my dad singing is probably not a very well-known fact, but he sang around the households uh, a lot and actually has a, a pretty great voice. And he's also good at kind of making up songs on the go, um, which is hilarious and, and quite entertaining. Um, so anyway, it's been in my blood forever. And uh, and I'm, I feel so, again, uh, so lucky to get to do what I do in the music space as well and, and make a career out of that as in addition to the, the sports side. So now tying the two things together, Patrice. Yeah. Now I know that the New York Knicks have with, with their owner Dolan, I know that he hired a music guy and they're really tying that into each other. Are you aware of that? Have you, did you hear that? I don't know a lot about it, but I know that it's a thing. 
Yeah. And I believe that it's going to turn into a really big thing. They're very similar industries, and there's a lot of crossover between the two. And I think uh, that, I mean, allows for so much opportunity that I that I think hasn't even been explored yet. But um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see what happens with that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's like the like I I view them both like you said they cross perfectly because they both invoke the same sort of emotion. Absolutely. Like, you listen to a song that gets you going, get your blood flowing. You know, it invokes that emotion. You watch a sports mm-hmm. game that goes into overtime game seven. It's the same raw emotion. It's just kind of expressed differently through two different means. Exactly. No, that's a, that exactly the case. You have this emotional connection to your sports teams and your, your artists um, that is unlike any other connection to any other brand or person ever, which I think is, is very fascinating, but um, very, very interesting at the same time. Patrice, to yeah. a girl that loves sports, that loves everything that her brother loves, and that really wants to kind of get into some of this stuff, what would you say to her if she's shy and she's not sure if that's if it's the right thing because she's probably not going to get it because all these guys and like what would you say to that young girl that she's right on the cusp what, making this decision? Honestly, I'd say if you want it, go for it, and if if you have that uh, mentality to make it happen, something is going to happen for you. If you put those positive thoughts out in the world, it's going to happen. You work hard, you learn. Uh, that's the other thing too. I think never stop learning. Um, always continue to educate yourself about, you know, new opportunities, new trends, um, meet people, reach out to people. Um, the number of, you know, LinkedIn messages that, uh, you can send to various people, like you don't necessarily need to know them, just reach out and, you know, see if you can strike up a conversation with them. There's also something called, um, if you're shy, there's something called Lunch Club. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's it's a website essentially where you type in your interests and they kind of set you up on like professional dates, not not actual dates. I, I'm, I'm kind of using that tongue in cheek, but it's a professional um, meeting with people in your field or people in a field that you're interested in being in and you get to meet people. And a lot of times that's great for networking. And if you're shy and you don't want to reach out to someone you don't know, you can use this platform as a way of connecting with like-minded individuals and learning more and, and who knows where that can take you. So I would recommend to any girl or woman out there who wants to do it, you can do this. And uh, if there's a will, there's a way. And I know that sounds cliche, but I honestly believe that. It's very true. It's very, very true. And thank you for sharing that. <laughs> that website would be very effective for the for the Shire. Because like like I like I went to school, Patrice, with like a lot of girls that like they were so into sports and I could tell that there was their passion, but they were also had a shy personality. And that combination with being a female in an era where females aren't supported as much as men in the sports world, that combination just bounced them out and they never really went for it. Mm-hmm. And, and and I feel terrible that I, I know them there. I went to elementary school with these girls. I know who they really are and I didn't see them go for that. So and that bothers somebody like me. Because I'm a passionate guy, right? 
I know you're probably the same. Definitely. So they would definitely appreciate those words, that advice, that site. Can you say that site again? Yeah. Lunchbox? Lunch Club. Lunch, Lunch Club. Club. Yeah, it's Lunchbox. honestly, like, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not affiliated with, uh, with any, uh, no. at that, at that company. Like I don't work for them or anything. I've, I've no. used their service before. Um, it's absolutely free. Um, you create a profile, you indicate like what your, you know, what your interests are as far as your career. And then they match you up with someone and you could do, you know, you can meet five people a week. You can meet one person a week. You can skip a week if you're like busy. Um, oh. it's great. And, and so, I mean, particularly during COVID, where it's a lot harder to to get a person to person meeting just because we're in lockdown, um, it's a great opportunity to to reach out to people and and get to know other people, but not feel like oh well I'm gonna bug them like the lunch club does it for you they connect you with someone they tell you hey you're meeting at this time and then they send you a video link and you're connected and go from there kind of thing, so definitely something to check out. I never heard That's... of it before. It sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great idea. Like, I'm it, surprised it's not promoted more. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. I will say, I think uh, I think it's starting to pick up a little bit more throughout COVID, but it's been around at least a couple of years. So, there you now, go. Patrice, the other, the other thing that I, that I also wanted to touch on that, that I heard you mention was uh, hockey for everyone. Hockey for everyone. Hockey now, we had, yeah. Yeah, we had a special guest, Curtis Gabriel, on the show just a few weeks ago. And he's a really big spokesperson for Hockey is for Everyone. And, you know, we learned a lot about it in that episode. Uh, Hockey is for Everyone is is for equality on all levels. So we're talking set the sexes. We're talking sexual orientation. We're talking race. We're talking everything. So that is something that is really, really a big movement right now. And we're, we're on that. We're, we're riding that crest of the wave with that because it's incredible. So absolutely, no, I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, that's becoming obviously a bigger uh, initiative. And um, it's cool to see how other teams, not even in the NHL are adopting uh, that sort of mandate to, you know, let's this, who cares about, anything else other than are you a fan of this sport you enjoy this game that's all that matters so let's embrace our diversities our differences uh because that's what makes us unique and that's what creates this sense of community in support for our team or our league or organization yes yes now and and i i completely agree with you so there was so so patrice like we're we're very lucky, like, to first off have you as a special guest. I know that we've gone o- a little bit over the time, but there's a few more things that I just want to talk to you about because it's just that, like, I okay, so the, the one thing I want to ask you is, you know, we've we, we brought up your father a few times. He's an incredible man. Okay. So now I, what I wanted to ask you was, like, like I know I'm older than you and whatnot, but but when, when me and your father were with the Mississauga Ice Dogs with Don Cherry's team did you come to games like i know you were probably like you're probably like between five to ten years old <laughs> yeah so uh, i was seven when uh when trevor and don uh founded the Masaga ice dogs so most of my life 
um, from like, cause I think you, I don't know, you, you remember stuff from when you're younger too, but most yes. of my memories from childhood come from being in the Hershey center in Mississauga first row. We, we always sat first row right behind the Mississauga bench, um, watching the game. So I, I want to say that I went to like every home game and a bunch of away games if they were within driving distance and our mom would take us kind of thing. So I have a lot of memories, uh, being, being there and uh, yeah, watching OHL hockey. And and that's, to be honest, that's where my interest in working in the sport world really blossomed. I, I was, I think 10 and I was volunteering in like the Mississauga Ice Dogs store, just like yeah. helping, helping with inventory and helping, you know, check people out. And that, that was just because I really loved doing it. It wasn't because they needed an extra set of hands or anything like that. It wasn't, uh, wasn't because they forced me as like the family business or anything like that. I just loved doing it and I loved being a part of it. And, um, and yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time there and, and again, like watching the games, I learned a lot about the sport, but watching the operations of things, like I, I met a ton of people. I learned a ton of things from the various people working in that organization. And I also observed a lot of changes in how the organization uh, runs and how the league runs and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, um, it's definitely been a huge part of my life. And I went to, as I said, like every home game for years yeah. and years. <laughs> and, and that's amazing. And thanks for sharing that. Now I know with COVID, like it's, things are so different now. Like, like people don't get to see like, like people that normally they would see a lot of. And I mean, we got a pretty interesting guest that we got coming up, Patrice. We got Mr. Don Cherry, you know, so that's going to be, yeah, and we're really excited. Did you like? When was the last time you saw Don? Uh, so I actually sit on the board of directors for Don Cherry's Pet Rescue Foundation, um, which is uh, a the nonprofit organization that raises money for um, basically rescue organizations within Canada, across Canada. Uh, and so um, I will say that although it's been um, probably a year and a half, I want to say it's probably, yeah, probably been because co through COVID I didn't see him, but I, I probably saw Don at some sort of event or something for the pet rescue organization probably within the last year and a half. Yeah. But I, but so I, talked, now, to, uh, I talked to the president of Don Cherry's Pet Rescue Foundation is um, Cindy Cherry, Don's daughter. And so I probably talked to her once a week. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you mind talking a little bit about this? This Pet Rescue Foundation? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so it uh, it started, uh, I, I want to say back in 2014. Uh, okay. I may be slightly wrong, 2014, 2015, around there. Time kind of flies. I, I could look it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, um, the premise was Don essentially wanted a, a way to give back to um, something he cares a lot about, which is animals. Um, I mean, Don is very well known for Blue, his dog. Uh, yes. <laughs> it, that's not the only dog he has, by the way. Um, but um, he he wanted to give back. He wanted to do something for animals. And um, I will say um, Don's entire family, are they're all animal lovers. And so um, he founded Don Cherry's Pet Rescue Foundation. Um, and I will say his purpose in creating this foundation because this is the thing that a lot of people um ask me questions about is he's not 
in the pet rescue organization set up in terms of he's not finding a dog and then finding it a new home. He's not doing that. There's tons of organizations that are already doing that and have the infrastructures set up. He's not looking to compete with them. What he's looking to do is raise money. Well, we're all looking to do it's it's a team effort. Um, and Cindy is uh, the definitely the the fearless leader in this case, but Dawn is very involved as well. Uh, and what they're looking to do is raise money to support those rescue groups. So um, Don is effectively using his name, his connections, um, and his foundation to raise the funds so that organizations that are actually, he says, in the trenches, making Canada a safer place for animals, he wants to give money to them to do what they need to do. So um, he's not trying to compete with them. He's not trying to take dogs and find homes for them. People, He wants to fund the people who are already doing that and help them be able to help more animals. Um from a financial perspective. So um, it's been very cool to be part of that and see, um, again, like the the public persona of Don, I think is that he's a bit rough around the edges. He always speaks his mind. We love him for that. Uh, but um, there is this this very soft side to him as well, where he, he cares a lot about people and he cares a lot about uh, animals. And so this has been a, a very cool organization to see him really give back and um yeah I, I recommend people check out the website don cherry's pet rescue.org um if they're interested in learning more but it's been uh definitely a very cool experience to be uh a part of something like that and and i love animals too and i have a rescue uh chihuahua um and i've had other rescues before but uh yeah it's been cool to be part of that so your chihuahua is a rescue. I've seen pictures of your chihuahua, Patrice. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. did you? So, but was this through this thing, or was this a separate? So, so I, um, I had a rescue uh, back that I got back before um, I was asked to be on the board of directors, um, and then she passed away in July, and then um, I got Coral, my my chihuahua, uh, my one-eyed chihuahua. Um, so cute though. She's honestly, she is the cutest, sweetest little thing. Um, but I got her from a rescue organization. Um, and it wasn't through Don Cherry's pet rescue or anything like that, but, um, but Don Cherry's pet rescue would support organizations like the one I got her through. Yeah, man. I'm a dog lover too. Many (laughs) people out there are dog lovers. Absolutely. So the fact that you and Don Cherry are doing something like this, this is incredible. This well, is incredible. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And and it's it's dogs, it's cats, it's reptiles, it's you know Really? So it's not pets. just dogs. No, it's all different animals. Like they give to, you know, the turtle rescues and the alpaca rescues and um you know alpacas, rescues. alpacas need love too. All there's so many <laughs> Uh, and there's so many animals that need that need help, and so uh, yeah, the organization. Although, of course, Dawn is known for having dogs, um, and a lot of us have dogs, um, just because I think they're the most common, you know, household pet. Um, but the organization also uh, donates money to all different types of uh, rescues for animals, and they're very involved in in giving back. And and Dawn um, has donated a lot of his time and a lot of his effort and energy. Um, and money to 
make this happen. And and this is definitely, I think, something that he is hoping becomes, you know, a legacy piece for him, um, you know, forever that that lives on and is able to continue giving back. So it's definitely a very cool organization. And I recommend people checking it out if they uh, if they're interested, for sure. Okay, so what's what's your secret in adding more than 24 hours in a day? (laughs) Because I just feel like the amount of stuff you do, there's just not enough time in a day. So what's your secret? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's the special (laughs) pill. No. Um, (laughs) Honestly, um, you're you're not the only person who said that to me. Um, And some days it feels like I don't have enough time to keep track of everything. And, um, and it's, it is hard because there are only 24 hours in the day and, you know, you want to have a, a social life too. And, um, you know, see your family, although COVID has made that a little more challenging, but, um, honestly, I think it comes down to two things. One being the practical thing, time management. Um, I will say, I think my time management skills are, are, uh, pretty good, Um, but also I think it's, if, if you care about it, if you believe in it and you want to do it, you will find time to do it. And I think, um, it does take some juggling. It does take some, um, you know, working overtime, quote unquote, unquote, overtime, working extra hours. Um, but at the same time, like if you enjoy it, then, you find the time. And, and again, I'm fortunate that what I'm really interested in from a, like, I guess a hobby standpoint, I get to make a, a career too. So, um, and, and again, like with the, with Don Cherry's Pet Rescue Foundation, it's something I believe in so much. And so, yeah, like you, you donate your time to things that you're passionate about, you care about. And, um, and that always makes it that much easier to, to do, I would say. But it's a, it's a struggle some days. <laughs> That's it's a amazing. challenge. That's it's it's absolutely amazing, Patrice. And like like like, there's one thing of what we're talking about. One aspect about you know the leadership and you know the sports connections and all that kind of stuff. But 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 really, just the, the like, it's so productive. It's so productive to be involved with so many things and to always be learning, to always be growing and. I'm telling you, Patrice, you, you just please don't stop. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. But now, listen, I got yeah. a really cool marketing thing to talk to you about. Okay. So now, Fair I'm enough. sure you know Steve Ludzik. Who's Steve Ludzik? Okay, yeah. Steve Ludzik. So now, I like, like I know I know your father's probably oh. friends with them too, and and um, so Steve Ludzik, of course, as you know, has recently come out of Toronto Western Hospital. He had a successful surgery. He's home with his family in Niagara Falls. Yeah. Now, I have recently, and Kyle, and everyone's new with the Sheriff Podcast, Danny Granger Art, we've become very good friends with the Ludzik family, especially Ryan and Steve Jr., okay? And Dan Lancioni, who's pretty much Steve's right-hand man, who runs the Steve uh, Ludzik Foundation. Now, when I, well, yes, when I had a, a guest, Al Sinclair, on earlier in, in our show, um, a couple episodes ago, we came up with an idea that we wanted to do whenever COVID settles down, a charity hockey tournament where it was the Al Sinclair skaters against the Eric Lindros skaters because we got the North Toronto Arena against the Birchmount Arena in Scarborough. And these are where all the pros skate in the summertime in Toronto to get ready, ready for the NHL, AHL, East Coast 
OHL, whatever, whatever, wherever anyone's going. So now the Ludzigs are all for it. They want to make this game happen. We're going to need some marketing power. I want, just want to know if this does come together, Patrice, would you be interested in doing something for the Steve Ludzig Foundation? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you for asking. Fantastic. Great. We are really, Patrice, just trying to reach out to wonderful people, and we're just trying to make a difference. And really, together, we can really change the world. Because that's what, when we have guests on the show, we only have strong, powerful guests. Me and Kyle, we only want interesting, powerful, and strong people. And really, Patrice, when people like this get together, the world can really be changed in, in for the better good. Okay? Yeah. And as long as the awareness is coming and action is happening, there's a lot of good things that are up in the future. And I'm just really excited about it. And listening to you talk today, <laughs> man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired, Patrice, to a whole other level. And I know that for me personally, it's very important to see strong female leaders. I know I've said that so many times during the show, but it is so important to me. And I want to thank you for you doing what you do, being who you are. And I can't wait to be an annoying student in your class. <laughs> oh, I look forward to that. That sounds great. <laughs> Kyle, are, are we serious about this or what, man? I guess we have no choice now. Where do we sign up? <laughs> That's great. That's great. I mean, Patrice, like, so, I mean, I, I want to thank you again. I, I know you've given us what? You've given us an extra, like, we usually tell our guests, ladies and gentlemen, it's usually going to be around an hour. Patrice has given us a solid hour and 45 minutes, and we appreciate it so much. Um, no worries. Yeah, Patrice, we may we may have to have you back on here again. I would love that. Bring it on. I'm down to chat anytime, guys. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. I really appreciate well, it. I know that Kyle learned a lot. I know that I learned a lot. And I know the listeners are very inspired. And I hope everybody knows all the opportunities that are out there. Everybody knows that when you see something that's not right, you have to speak up. You have to be an example. And you have to do the right thing, guys. And that's how this world is going to change into the world that we really need it to be and that we really want it to be. So, Patrice, thanks again. Guys, thanks for tuning in to episode 17 of the Sheriff Podcast with special guest Patrice Whiffin. Patrice, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you soon on our next episode. Woo!